the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. This program is sponsored by North Valley Church of Christ. There's a message true and glad for the sinful and the sad. Bring it out. Bring it out. Bring it out. Bring it out. It will give them courage new. It will help them to be true. Bring it out. Bring it out. Bring it out. Bring it out. Bring out. Good afternoon, folks. I want to do something a little different this afternoon. I'm going to give you a program that was aired on our here on Redeeming the Time back in November 2013. It was myself and Alex Bigham, our very first episode dealing with the topic of homosexuality. And uh, it's prevalent again still today, and I think it's still relevant. And instead of just recording a new episode, I thought it'd be good to go back to that first episode to hear what we had to say. Let's get to it. There's a message true and glad for the sinful and the sad. Bring it out. Bring it out. Bring it out. Bring it out. It will give them courage new. It will help them to be true. Bring it out. Bring it out. Bring it out. Bring it out. Bring out. The world. away. Good afternoon, folks, and welcome to our initial broadcast of Redeeming the Time. I'm your host, Chris Macy, and I'm joined in studio with Alex Bigel. This program is supported by the North Valley Church of Christ in Cave Creek, of which I am the pulpit minister, and Alex here is one of our elders. And you can find out more about North Valley online at nvcoc.net. That's nvcoc.net. And if you click on that radio mic image or icon, you can find our blog where we will be posting a, a full articles of the topics we're discussing here. And there is a forum there also where you can send in your comments to us or questions or anything you uh, would find to be more interesting to talk about on our show. Now, on today's program, we're going to start by looking at a topic that's been in the news uh, quite a lot over the last few years, but really, it's really been uh, coming uh, uh, in full steam ahead these last uh, couple of years, and it really affects the entire body of Christ. Uh, after which we're also going to dive a little bit deeper into God's Word in the sec- uh, last half of our 30-minute program. And we're really just going to uh, get started by looking at this uh, prevalent uh, prevalent uh, topic in the news of homosexuality. I know that this is a, um, a controversial topic for many folks. They're, uh, they get a little squeamish when they hear it. But it's something that's important because God's Word does speak uh, quite a bit on this topic. And we're going to begin here with Alex. And uh, Alex, we have seen and, and heard a lot of different thoughts on the homosexual lifestyle in the past uh, few years. Uh, we've, we've seen it uh, coming in forms of how we need to be more tolerant or accepting of them. Uh, uh, there's uh, two extremes. One side, they say that we need to be so tolerant we should let them be our pulpit ministers. And then, of course, there's the other side. They go to the so far the other extreme. They don't want anything to do with them, and they want to put them in the, another corner of the world and stay completely away from them. I'm not really so much interested in that, but as what God's words uh, have to say on that. So I would like, if you don't mind, to talk to our listeners a little bit of on your thoughts on this uh, issue of homosexuality and God's word. Sure, sure. 
Well, you didn't uh, waste any time, Chris. You just jumped right into the heavy stuff here. Our oh. first show, and you just jumped right into one of the most controversial well, topics. Thanks for that. Oh, well, yeah. You know, <laughs> and, and we kind of wanted to because I wanted to set a precedence for the, the listeners. That, you know, This show is going to be about dealing with issues that are out there and how we need to react and deal with those. And so I appreciate you yeah. being here to help us out with that. Well, I, you know, I tell you what. I think uh, whenever you approach a topic uh, such as homosexuality, one that is a real hot-button issue, you know, you have to really approach it from a position of love. Um, and I think about uh, Jesus' Sermon on the Mount, uh, Matthew 5, um, and when he talks about, uh, blessed are the merciful, for they shall receive mercy. That's Matthew 5 and 7. You know, God is so concerned um, about our uh, situation with him, about our separation from him as a result of our sin. And Jesus was, obviously, he was clearly uh, very cognizant of that as he preached to the people um, in this sermon. And his concern is for every single person's soul. He has a concern for everybody, uh, not just uh, those who are currently um, walking in Christ, uh, but those who have not. His concern is for every single individual in this world. And uh, I think that we always need to uh, approach that uh, topic with that same idea in mind. When we're talking about homosexuality, every person is important to God. And uh, if we, when we uh, take it from that perspective, I think it, uh, it helps us focus uh, a little bit like Christ would focus on the topic. But my thoughts are this, uh, you know, f- from a standpoint uh, of our country, we can really see the effect that uh, our country's leaders have had on uh, the direction of the people in regards to homosexuality. We, we saw that with President Clinton, he started his uh, presidential career, so to speak, uh, uh, having the Christian mindset towards uh, homosexuality, uh, that it was not, it was not good, it, that homosexuality is a sin, that marriage should be indeed between a man and a woman. And then you saw uh, in his, later in his uh, service uh, to our country that he flip-flopped on that. Oh, yeah. And, in fact, it's kind of odd because that was actually during the period of time when we saw uh, the Defense of Marriage Act. That was actually signed into law during his term. Uh, then when we come to uh, our current president, President Obama, uh, we see that when he ran for Senate, uh, he's had the same view uh, initially that, that Clinton did. He actually uh, was for marriage between a man and a woman. And then more recently, and we've all seen his interviews on TV, we learned that his view on that has evolved, as he has said. Yeah. And so uh, now he... Uh, has come on board with that, with this idea that um, was for marriage between a man and a woman. And then more recently, and we've all seen his interviews on TV, we learned that his view on that has evolved, as he has said. Yeah. And so uh, now he uh, has come on board with, that, with this idea that um, it's okay for uh, gays and lesbians to uh, be married in the biblical sense. And, uh, of course, that affords them... Uh, a lot of different uh, benefits under federal federal laws, uh, and here's a here's a quote from President Obama. He said, "I have to tell you that over the course of several years, as I've talked to my friends and family and neighbors, and when I think about members of my own staff who are incredibly committed, uh, monogamous relationships, same-sex relationships, who are raising kids together, when I think about those soldiers or airmen or Marines or sailors who are out there fighting on my behalf, and yet feel constrained even now." that don't ask, don't tell is gone because they are not able to commit themselves in a marriage at a certain point. I've just concluded that for me personally, it's important for me to go ahead and affirm that I think same-sex couples should be able to get married. That's, that's, that's a quote uh, from President Obama. So 
I think it's sad uh, that the leader of uh, the free world has taken this stance, and we can see uh, it has produced a real cascading effect. Um, we saw that um, he initially came out with that personal opinion, and then very shortly thereafter we saw that uh, the Defense of Marriage Act was repealed by our Supreme Court. Uh, the clause in it that discussed uh, the definition of marriage being between a man and a woman was struck down by our Supreme Court. We saw don't ask, don't tell be repealed in the military. Uh, and so you see this real momentum moving, and it's just everybody's talking about it, even though it's such a small – it represents really a small fraction of our population. Yeah, and, and you make a great point there with uh, you know being the leader of the free world. When, whenever a leader takes a stand like this, you, you – almost always see the nation getting behind them right. in general not in a whole we even see that in israel with their kings uh, whenever they made a decision to you know build these uh, idols or these uh, high places to worship false gods and pagans the people would always get behind them and then right. the, the righteous king would come up and they'd get behind them and so to have the, the leader to right. move in such a direction is always a sad it's sad it, it is really sad and now you can really see this uh, gaining steam in our military now, and I, I don't know if you have seen uh, the articles uh, that have been written. Uh, I, I grabbed an article off uh, Fox News. Uh, it's about the title of the article, and this was published back on September 30th, 2013, so fairly recently. Uh, the title of the article is, Airmen Say Air Force is Punishing Evangelical Christians, and the gist of this article is that there is some intense scrutiny upon Christians in the Air Force in particular, but all the way across the military. And this is sad for me because uh, you know, Chris, that I'm from a military family. My my father is a retired Air Force pilot, and I grew up in the military. And it's sad for me to see that Christians in the Air Force in particular, and this story really centers around Lackland Air Force Base, which is in San Antonio, Texas. We see that uh, there is a lot of pressure on them to state they're being asked by their superior officers, what is your view on homosexuality? And if they say, well, I think it's a sin, they are being punished. Wait, they're specifically going out asking? They, are, they have specifically asked. In fact, there was an incident where uh, there was Senior Master Sergeant Philip Monk. He's a 19-year veteran of the Air Force. He was told by his superior officer, who was a woman, uh, she she's a lesbian, and she was asked uh, or she directed him to reprimand a new instructor that they had on the base uh, who had expressed his religious objections to homosexuality. And she wanted to reprimand him because of his views on homosexuality. When he refused, he was then reprimanded, Sergeant Monk. And so it actually led to his arrest. And so what we found is that there is a Baptist church in San Antonio where there has been uh, assemblies of at least 80 different airmen that have come together and they are looking for somebody to help them because they feel like there is so much pressure and scrutiny. They're afraid of actually being arre arrested and Mirandized. And this has happened apparently to several of the airmen at Lackland Air Force Base. <laughs> so we see, and what they've actually, what they've actually said, one of the uh, airmen was pulled aside and said, uh, you know, son, you can't even think in your mind that homosexuality uh, is a sin, because if you do, that is discrimination. That's what. That's what they're, they're saying. You can't even think it, right? And that's <laughs> what we're coming to, Chris. That, that we're quickly hurtling towards that idea where we're going to be told what we can and what we cannot think by our government. 
And that is a real sad state of affairs. We're losing our religious liberty in the United States. And it starts from the top. It starts with our commander-in-chief. It's now moving down through our military, particularly in the Air Force right now, but it's going to spread amongst all the branches of the military. And that will quickly move into the civilian environment, and we are going to be dictated what we can think in our minds. Can you believe that? That that is amazing. So a, a few thoughts about what the Bible says in regards to homosexuality. Of course, uh, one of our, uh, you know, one of our most common passages in the Bible in regards to homosexuality comes from Genesis chapter nineteen, the story of Sodom and Gomorrah. Mm-hmm. We are all familiar with that story, but I like to refer to uh, in the New Testament, Jude uh, verse eight. Actually, Jude verse seven, and this is where Jude is actually talking about the Genesis 19, Sodom and Gomorrah. He says, Just as Sodom and Gomorrah and the cities around them, since they in the same way as these indulged in gross immorality and went after strange flesh, it's strange flesh referring to homosexuality, are exhibited as an example and undergoing the punishment of eternal fire. Jude is telling us that Sodom and Gomorrah was punished because of the sexual immorality, particularly homosexuality, uh, that is... uh, completely obvious when you read the story in Genesis chapter 19, what was happening in those cities. And God punished those cities now. He had judgment on those cities here on the earth now. It wasn't at some later point in time. It was now. And it shows you how homosexuality, the sin of homosexuality, brings a reproach from God upon a nation. And in some instances, it brings judgment here and now on those nations. And it makes me so concerned about where we're at in the United States and what this means when we basically nationalize it or we institutionalize it with our federal laws. And by the way, uh, when the DOMA law was struck down, uh, the Defense of Marriage Act uh, by our Supreme Court, uh, Justice Scalia was the dissenting opinion. He wrote the dissenting opinion. And he made this comment that I think was very interesting. He said, just wait until the other shoe drops. He goes, this sets up a pattern by which the states will have their state laws overturning their definitions of marriage. Most states right now say that marriage is between a man and a woman. And he's saying that that will quickly fall like dominoes. And that is a very scary thought. Man, that is so true, Alex. I appreciate those thoughts, and and but you really are bringing the light and bringing back to our minds a, a lot of what's out there in this world and in the news. I had no idea some of the things you you mentioned. Uh, I was trying to look up a few uh, news items myself before I came down here, and really just countless, countless. It just seems to be a barrage from left and right. And I appreciate you giving us uh, uh, your thoughts uh, on that. Um, and if there are any of our listeners out there, if you, you have any comments or questions you might have for Alex uh, on this uh, particular topic, again, if you want to go to our website, nvcoc.net, and click on that radio mic icon, and you'll in there you'll, you'll find uh, two links, one for any articles that we write, or uh, any uh, if you have a question, you can click on another link there. We can send in a form, and we'll get that question. We'll definitely re- either answer or respond to that. If we can, on uh, on air. If not, it'll be online. If you have any comments, we do encourage you to, to uh, send that in. And with everything uh, Alex has, has said in our mind, I want to now direct our thoughts uh, inward to ourselves and ha- how we have reacted or how we do react to the news of uh, the things we read about and hear about on the homosexual movement. 
And I want to ask a question that was a, a kind of posed, I'm kind of paraphrasing it, from a, a preacher named Josh Austin. He preached at our uh, congregation not too long ago at a gospel meeting, and he was uh, talking about uh, ev- uh, evangelism. And he was ta- asking really the question, do we hate the sinner or do we hate the sin? And as Christians, those of us who are, who are God-centered, really want to do the right thing and be right before the Lord, we need to ask this question in, all, in every aspect of our lives. And, and this is one of those that we, we need to ask when we're, we're faced with a serious uh, discussion here with uh, the homosexual movement. And when, when we have these thoughts come in our mind and we have a, an initial reaction, it's important for us on how we, we deal with it. Uh, throughout the Old Testament, we see a lot of the, the kings and uh, the, those who were in charge and leaders, before those who were righteous, before they would do anything, especially David, they would inquire of the Lord. And so I would like us to do that now. I want us to inquire of the Lord. And I know a lot of you are out there are driving, so I'm just going to read you two verses out of Ephesians chapter 5, verses 15 and 16. And I think this will help us in our reaction, in our thoughts, in our walk in the Lord. It says here in Ephesians 5, Starting in verse 15, Paul writes, Therefore, be careful how you walk, not as unwise men, but as wise, making the most of your time, because the days are evil. The imagery of walking worthy is Paul's theme, really, in chapters 4, 5, and 6 of Ephesians. And this suggests that Christians are moving somewhere. We're, we're making progress. We're, we're in a walk, and we're, we have a goal. And it suggests that, that, that we're, we're all traveling down this same road. We're not going in different directions, but we have the same pattern. We have the same goal that God has uh, set for us, and that is the goal of improvement. That is uh, uh, the goal of Christian maturity. And if we are to be successful in this walking worthy, there are two things that Paul wants us to remember. And that first one's found there in verse 15. Therefore, be careful how you walk. Be careful how you walk. And in our topic on uh, the homosexual movement, we need to be careful not only that we don't walk down that road, but also in our interactions with them. And that, for, that word walking means that we're not standing. We're not standing still. You cannot reach a destination by not going anywhere. Many of you, I know, you got up uh, this uh, or this afternoon. You, you decided to go out to your car with your cup of coffee. The car sitting out in your driveway, perhaps, or at the the parking lot. Got in there just so you could turn on and listen to this radio show. You're just sitting there in your car right now. No, you didn't do that. No one, I know, no one did that. You're you're you got your car because you want to go to a certain destination. You're going somewhere, and you want to get to that. You have purpose. Uh, some are. Uh, sometimes we get distracted, though, uh, in our purpose, and uh, usually it's by earthly materialisms or things like that. Uh, maybe you, you've had the same problem I have where I'd walk into a room, I couldn't remember what it was I w- walked in there to get. Or I'll be working on something, and somebody will distract me, and they'll, they'll be talking to me for a little bit, and, and then I can't remember where I was in my, in my uh, current discussion. I had to go back and try to remember because of the distraction that was put before me, and so we need to be careful. We need to be careful, and, that is, and that's really the idea of being cautious. And many of us have children. I have a, a little boy. He's not old enough to walk, but Alex, you got two kids. Mm-hmm. Uh, yep. uh, whenever Did you teach them how to cross a road? Well, of course. Well, what, what do you do? What do you, yeah. what'd you tell them? Yeah, you tell them. got to look both ways. you got to be careful. It's dangerous. Yeah, you're walking along. You stop. You look. You listen. You're looking for, for dangers. 
And that is because there are dangers from all sorts of directions in either way, and then you need to be careful. Paul has discussed in chapter 5 here of Ephesians in verses 3 through 14 already about darkness, and we are not to move in the direction of darkness. And how we react to these things is important. So in your Christian walk, as you're going along and you come to a, a roadway or an intersection that is in your walk, you, you come to something that doesn't look right. It's not a part of the pattern. Or maybe someone's having a discussion with you that doesn't seem to be congruent with God's word. And so for a moment, you need to stop, look, listen, and inquire of the Lord. What is it that I should be doing here? These people are telling me that I need to be more tolerant of the homosexual lifestyle. I do love these people. I want them to know the Father. I want to be able to teach them. I don't want to alienate them by, by uh, tell, tell them I hate them. Or if I don't hate them, I love them. I hate the sin, but I love them. And we need to be careful how we react to these things. And there's two ways that we can react. There's the positive and the negative. The negative, as Paul says, is unwise men. And that wisdom is the wisdom we receive from God. And then the positive way is as wise, as in accordance with God's, uh, God's good will. And so we need to be careful as Christians how we walk, the direction that we are, are moving in, and how we react to sin. Because we're going to run into all kinds of intersections and roadways and blockages in our walk toward the Lord. And these things are going to challenge us. And we need to be ready on how we react to it. And I, I know that the, uh, uh, the the lifestyle that we're talking about for some folks, you know, it's just just disgusting. They don't understand it. They don't. They can't figure out why in the world would anyone do that. I, I have that same uh, thoughts in my mind. But we need to remember that Christ died for them also. Christ died for them also. And I know that we're going to going through a, a lot of these topics really fast. Again, we, we only have like 26 or 27 minutes of speaking time here on air. And so we're going to be writing up full articles and on all of these topics and we're going to be posting them on our uh, on our blog online. Again, you can get to that by going to nvcoc.net, clicking on the the radio mic icon and then in there you can see the, the place for the blog, you can click on that link, and or a place where you can go and send in comments or, or questions. And if you have any questions or comments concerning the discussions we're having here this afternoon, please send them in. Let us, let us know your thoughts, and we want to uh, be able to help you with that and any concerns you might have. And so in, in, the, in verse 16 of Ephesians 5, Paul continues with his second point. You know, he says you need to be careful, and here's why, because... We want to make the most of our time. The King James Version says redeeming the time. And that's the, the, the name of our radio show here, redeeming the time. And both of those thoughts really mean this, buying up the time. Buying up the time. Whenever you find a real bargain out there, don't you just want to you buy everything you can? You better believe it. <laughs> yeah, just, just the other day my hard drive died. I went down to Fry's Electronics and they had them on sale one terabyte hard drives for like 50 bucks. I was so excited, but I didn't have the money to buy more than one. Yeah. Even my wife, uh, not a couple of months ago, we were at Target. And uh, she went there. She's got to buy her shampoo. And so I'm kind of waiting for her. And it was on sale. She was so excited. And she got one and went and we uh, checked out. And at Target, they give you your receipt. And they always print out uh, little coupons for you. We get out into the car. And she goes, oh, this coupon is for the very shampoo she ain't bought. She thought, well, I wonder if I could use this while it's on sale. Chris, let me go do this now. Uh, so I had to wait in the car. And so guess what I did? I turned on the radio. 
And uh, so she went in there to do this, and lo and behold, they let her use the coupon on the sale. And so she had this great bargain, but she had to do it right then and there. She couldn't wait, otherwise the coupon would expire or the sale would end, and she wouldn't be making the most of the opportunity that she had on buying shampoo. I have this great vision of you shopping with your wife. <laughs> that vision is this, this face of like, can we get out of here? But, uh, yeah, we, we need to make the most of, uh, of the time we have. And to buy up this time involves really three things. What we buy is the first thing. That is making full use of the opportunities. And, you know, just like with that uh, illustration, Jenny made full use of the opportunity she had to go and get in there and get, get what she needed. And now she had two bottles of shampoo. She made, made good use of what she had. But who is, according to Paul here in uh, Ephesians uh, 5, who is selling these opportunities? It's God. God offers these opportunities to us, and we have an opportunity to buy them or to use them, making the most of our time. But how is it that we buy that? And that is by the way we walk. When he puts these opportunities before us by our conduct, if we use the opportunity as God has intended, he rings up a sale, and you bought it. And so when God puts opportunities before us, we have a, this chance to lay up treasures for ourselves in heaven, as Jesus stated for us in the gospel. And so we need to keep these things in our mind as we are moving along in our walk with the Lord. And why is this necessary? It's because the days are evil. Days are measurements of time, and each day brings both opportunities for living in the light and living in the darkness. But really, the choice is yours. And Alex, I would like to, to, to thank you and all of our listeners uh, today for sticking around and, and hearing us out. And Alex, I'm sure wants to thank you for uh, your time that you're spending with us here this afternoon on KXXT 1010 AM. And we encourage you to come back next week on Tuesday at 4 p.m. to hear our next installment here on Redeeming the Time. And if you have heard anything that you'd like to comment on or if you have any questions of anything that we may have talked about, we really want to encourage you to, to send us those comments and questions. We want to uh, uh, help you out in any way we can, or maybe you want to help us out. Maybe you, we said something that you don't agree with, uh, we, you think we could have done a little better, send that on in, Absolutely. and we will uh, definitely uh, uh, Do you have a topic for next uh, for next show? Oh, you know, I'm working on that. Okay. I, I need to redeem All right. the time. Don't yeah, I? And yeah you do. Most of the use I have between now and then. You're going to hit us with another heavy one? I don't think so. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> we'll, we'll work on something a little a little easier, a little more positive and upbeat to get our day going as we get home from work. We can go home relaxed, feeling refreshed with a good message from God's Word. And we also want to thank uh, the North Valley uh, Church of Christ for making this time possible for us, our supporting congregation. And above all else, we want to thank our Lord Jesus Christ, who has given us this day. So let us all redeem the time that our Lord has blessed us with. that makes men free to all the lost of every nation. This program was sponsored by North Valley Church of Christ. To hear this program again, go to FamilyValuesRadio1010.com and click on the podcast page. And find this program and many others right there on FamilyValuesRadio1010.com. 
Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.